You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, Editor-in-Chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, and former Chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber. Oh, well, hello! You hear the drums? You know what that means. It's time, once again, for your favorite hour of the week. That's Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney here, Editor-in-Chief of ArrowheadPride.com, sitting across from the analyst, the former 10-year NFL linebacker, Sean Barber. Yes, sir. Julio Sanchez behind the glass. Sean, we've been doing fill-in work, it feels like. For the past couple weeks, we're kind of back to our own music, our own jam. Feels good. When I heard the drums, I I, I kind of for a minute I started to get little little chill bumps, you know what I'm saying? Got the butterflies going in the stomach. That's good. I, I realized it's like a, it's like we're a first date for you. It's like yeah, a first man. date again. Back to our show, doing it our style. Sean, the one question on the minds of Chiefs fans right now is who in the hell is this team going to play? We're going to talk about that, but before we do, tell me something good. Something good. Um, it's the new year. It brings a, a lot of cheer, positivity. If your mindset ain't right for the new year, get it right. Whatever you start out on, um, let's, let this year, 2019, be a year of finishing. Finish what you start this year. Are you, are you dropping some hints right now to the Kansas City Chiefs? Hey, man, whoever's listening. I don't care if it's the Chiefs, if it's just the mom, pop, guy at the church, guy at the uh, 7-Eleven, the QT, the Piggly Wiggly, wherever you are. If you start something this year, make sure you finish it. Have an attitude and a point of view of being a strong finisher this year. I think it was Tuesday, New Year's Day. Sean said that he was trying to lose a little bit of weight. Stood up the whole show. You returned today, standing up again. Yeah, but I did start the show with a nice slice of that Cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> That's Had to not get my, help. It, that not, is not going to help the hey New man, Year's resolution. Hey, it's, it's, a pro, it's a process. Getting down uh, from 235 to 215 is going to be a process. Uh, but, but by, what do we say? Was it by Valentine's Day or did we say by the end of March? Well, let's make it the end of March. I need a couple more. Let's, let's go April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. By April Fool's Day. Who are Day? you fooling? You're either in shape or not. <laughs> That's right. Don't fool yourself. You can lie to the tax person. Lie to your, your wife, lie to whoever you want to, but don't lie to yourself. Hello to you, the fans. Welcome to the Kansas City Chiefs bye week. You've earned it. You haven't had a first seed, what, since 1997. Here you are, and now you get to watch the wild card weekend in peace. The one question on everybody's mind, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, was who will the Kansas City Chiefs play? Let's set the scene for what has to happen here in the AFC, the Colts. Visit the Texans Saturday at 3.35 p.m. Man, they just put the Texans in the first game every single year. Uh, If the Colts win that game, that is your opponent for the divisional round. If the Texans win, you get the winner of the Chargers and the Ravens Sunday at 12.05 p.m. So you'll be watching the game on Saturday, I'm sure. You'll be watching the game on Sunday, I'm sure. We could know Saturday. We could know Sunday. Here's Therese Paler 
on who the Chiefs will play. Well, you know, I'm thinking the Colts to win their game. And in the other game, I'm going to pick, um, you know, Ravens, actually. So um, I, I think, you know, between those two teams, the, the funny thing is that no matter who the Chiefs face in the playoffs, I feel like they give you a little bit of consternation. Like, I don't feel like there's one team in particular who's like, oh, yeah, let's get, give me those guys. We're okay. Um, the Ravens can run the football on you, uh, and that's something that Chiefs fans are probably pretty scared of considering the way they've lost in the playoffs in the past. And, and the Colts, uh, Andrew Luck. I mean, here's the thing with the Indianapolis Colts. If they come in here, right, if they come in here, I think there's a pretty good chance that the Chiefs are going to have a hard time stopping them um, because their quarterback's really, really good. And what's the one thing the Chiefs defense can do? Rush the passer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what the Colts do really well? Protect the passer. They've given up the fewer sacks in football. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a kind of a doesn't really matter game. No matter who the Chiefs face in the playoffs, either in the divisional round or AFC Championship, they're going to have to play really well to win. You know, there is no easy matchup coming up. But, um, I do think the bye week will help him. Um, I think that's a good thing. But, um, you know, no matter what, you know, Bob and the defense are going to have to show up. Therese Paler, now national NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, Therese Paler Show and 610 Sports Radio. Former beat writer with the Kansas City Star. He knows what he's talking about. That's his opinion. We had some opinions at ArrowheadPride.com. A deputy editor, John Dixon, put together some numbers today, some LO ratings. Uh, percentage on this thing, and it's simple as this. If you're looking for a percentage on who's the most likely number-wise to play the Kansas City Chiefs, because one thing has to happen for one team, and two things have to happen for a team like the Baltimore Ravens, like the Los Angeles Chargers. Your number one team right now is you're probably going to play the Colts. 44% chance Indianapolis Colts, 34% chance Baltimore Ravens, 22% chance Los Angeles Chargers, but if it's up to Andy Reid, listen, he don't care. We know our work clearly isn't done. Um, I've been through this a couple times, and uh, you know it's important how we handle this next this next week. We'll we'll work some of the week, and we'll uh, take a couple days off to to heal up and and uh, get ourselves ready. But we will continue uh, continue to work and get ourselves ready for whoever whoever we play. And uh, you don't sit there and. Uh, there's no wish list on that. Whoever uh, we play, we'll, we'll be ready for and go through the process of getting ourselves uh, ready for that team. So, Sean, I think I know what you're going to say here. But if you had to pick someone who you want the Chiefs to play, who's, who would that be? I want to play the Chargers. Oh, you picked somebody. I yeah. didn't think that was coming. Right, I want to play the Chargers. Why is that? Because that's the team that just fresh off my mind. We was up 14 points going into the fourth quarter. Somehow, some way, we let them come back in and – Still a victory away here in Arrowhead on the two-point conversion at the end of the game. And I think that's the, that's the game that's, you know, freshest in our mind as a team and as a team that wants a little bit of, you know, you want, you want to have a little chip on your shoulder. You want to find a way to... On that have, last play, ain't no coverage like no coverage. <laughs> ain't no coverage like no coverage. Uh, but you want to find a way to create that edge. And I think that uh, the, 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 the division rivalry between the Chargers and the Chiefs uh, brings that excitement, that era. It brings that, uh, you know, it brings it real. I disagree, and here's why. I look at the Los Angeles Chargers, and I look at the Baltimore Ravens, and these are two teams that have some belief here, I think, toward the end of the season. And there are two teams in, that have come into Arrowhead Stadium and either have won, looking at you, L.A. Chargers, or 
should have won and is pissed about it. And that's the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, you think about the fourth and nine, the fourth and three that had to be converted by Patrick Mahomes. He did it. Baltimore Ravens didn't get that win. I now look at the loss. Or I look at the Indianapolis Colts. They haven't seen Patrick Mahomes. They haven't experienced yet, as we've seen in the secondary, some of these guys throwing their arms up in the air because this guy just threw a no-look pass on you. I think that in mind, it's more likely for a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who is the MVP of the National Football League, to break your spirits because you just haven't been there, whereas the Ravens and the Chargers, they, they know. They know Mahomes is going to have some of those plays. But if they keep playing, they'll be in the game at the end. So I like, I like the Colts coming in. I know there's a lot of history there. And, I mean, that that's something you could look at a positive, too. Okay, the Colts come in, you beat them, you get over that. Uh, I mean, everybody, you know, point taken, uh, well, well, uh, well served. That, that, <laughs> that was a meal served, best warm. I appreciate it. Like your cheesecake before the My cheesecake was very cold. Started. It was very, uh, it, it was it was so tasty. But I, I can't even remember what type it was. It was like a caramel praline, pecan <laughs> delight or something like that. You know, there's so many amazing choices, but... If you ask me for my personal choice, I want to get those charges back in the building as soon as possible. You, I, felt I mean, like you may anyway. You may get the Good. Colts. I, you I, may I, get the Colts then the Chargers. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, at the end of the day, um, I, I can't. I, spoiler alert, but I don't want to tell you how, how I'm going to think it's going to end out. But I think we're going to get the best of the uh, of both of those teams uh, one way or another. I mentioned MVP candidate right now, Patrick Mahomes. He should be the MVP of the National Football League. You still have some smart football people out there, Albert Breer, Colin Cowherd of Fox Sports, saying, listen, it's got to go to somebody else. Cowherd, he's been pushing Breeze for the past few weeks. He's now changed over to Andrew Luck because the numbers aren't even close. When you throw 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards, it's really hard to argue with. But our boy, former old friend, Nick Wright really put him in his place yesterday. Your guy, Mahomes, I got I got pass rushers. I got Chris Jones. I got Justin Houston. I got the fastest receiver. I got the best tight end. I've got a great left tackle. I've got Andy Reid. Your guy gets more help than my guy. Okay, all right. So I'm glad you mentioned all these great Chiefs defenders, which have led them to the 32nd-ranked defense in football. <laughs> You're right. This Chiefs defense has carried them again. <laughs> in their four losses this year, they've averaged 39 points per game. Colin, sometimes things aren't complicated. 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. Lux had a great year. He's got 39 touchdowns. He has been sacked eight times in the last 10 weeks of football. What Mahomes did this year is one of the three greatest quarterbacking seasons ever. 07 Brady, 2013 Manning, 2018 Mahomes. And people are like, oh, well, it's the weapons. It's Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Okay, take those touchdowns out. The Hill and Kelsey touchdowns out. He'd have 28 touchdown passes on the year. Your long-lost brother, Tom Brady, has 29 total. Like, let's all let's not overthink this. It's the number one seed, the third highest scoring team in the history of football. 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. If anyone else wins the MVP, they should stop giving the award out. It should be unanimous. Breeze had a nice season. Breeze has 32 touchdowns on the year. Mahomes has 31 on the road. This is silliness. And you're right. Like, the amazing weapons like Demarcus Robinson, who caught the 50th touchdown. Sammy Watkins been a no-show. Kareem Hunt got cut. The defense is terrible. They're 12-4 and in the one seed. Fox Sports uh, Network and as former 610 Sports Radio, Nick Wright talking Chiefs, man. No one 
talks Chiefs like Nick Wright, and they really had to. I think uh, right after the right after that segment, that Colin Cowherd, they they buried him. They buried him shortly <laughs> after that. Yeah, Nick put him in his place right there. I think. I mean, but he, he spoke with facts. Everybody else who's speaking about anything besides Pat Mahomes is speaking with uh, uh, emotion or some it's hi- historic value, and, and they're bringing in all these these other uh, issues about hey, who has you know what targets they have and who's on it. It's it's not about the teammates. I mean, it's all about the performance of the guy throwing the ball, quarterback to quarterback. He's the best one. Listen. If you want to go to a different position, I understand that. But no player on the field has been as dominant, as valuable as Patrick Mahomes. Everybody's going to have a hot take once in a while. But hot at least, at least back it up. That's my thing. I mean, I, I didn't, wasn't too popular a couple weeks back when I had an Eric Berry take. I told you why I had it, and there was actual reason you believe. If you're out there and you're pushing for someone other than Patrick Mahomes to win this MVP award, shouldn't be talking football. You might as well just go home. Oh, oh, oh Hurd is acting like he asked Mahomes to the, to the dance. Mahomes said no. And so now he's choosing B or C, and then he's got. Oh, I didn't even want to go with Mahomes in the first place. I didn't. I didn't even want. But you, but you asked her. You 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 asked her to go. But now now because he said no to me, I don't. I didn't. I didn't want to go. I was just joking anyway. That's the kind of uh, rationale, uh, Mister Cowher has on the on the MVP award. Patrick Mahomes, a big reason for the Chiefs' success this year. Uh, probably moving forward. And when you have success like Andy Reid has since he got here in 2013, people are going to start wanting your assistance. Eric Bieniemy is a hot name to be a coaching uh, or a head coach here in the NFL. We'll get into where he could go. That's next. Arrowhead Pride Radio bringing you to 7 o'clock. Bruce Weber Show. Pete Sweeney, Sean Barber got you until then. And I want to start this next segment out by talking about Chiefs offensive coordinator uh, Eric Bieniemy, first year as offensive coordinator, and it's expected that he's getting all the attention he has given. Doug Peterson leaves the Chiefs, goes and wins the Super Bowl. Matt Nagy partners with Mitch Trubisky. Franchise makes a deal for a really, really good defensive player. Thank you. His team's in the mix for this year's Super Bowl. The enemy interviews with the New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cincinnati Bengals, turned down the Arizona Cardinals, says, I don't need the Cardinals interview. Why not? Well, A, I got a division round game to prepare for. B, you just let your head coach go after one year. I don't need that in my life. The enemy's a positive guy. He doesn't need that negativity. Interesting segment on Good Morning Football this morning. You've seen the website LinkedIn. You get to put your resume in to be whatever it is you want to be. Your qualifications, your former jobs, your recommendations. So Good Morning Football had a segment called Coached It. And our guy Peter Schrager going to bat for Eric Bieniemy. Interesting words. Here's Schrager. Eric Bieniemy, very promising, very exciting. Peter, tell us about him. Eric Bieniemy, let's look at his coached in page real quick here. Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. If you guys didn't know, the last two offensive coordinators of the Kansas City Chiefs are playing a playoff game. Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy. There's a nice little chain right there. And if you look at his references, it's his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Mm. It's his head coach, Andy Reid. And it's Adrian Peterson, who ran for about a billion yards when <laughs> Bieniemy was the running backs coach. I remember that billion With years. the Vikings. What's fascinating about Eric Bieniemy 
is that he's an African-American offensive mind. When I say that, everyone looks at these, these different offensive wonderkins, these whiz kids. They all seem to be Caucasian guys. No. Eric Bieniemy is the only one that was on the offensive side of the ball that is a person of color. I say it because it does matter, because the league would love to see an initiative where there are people of color at all different positions, and they come from the offensive side of the ball and the spirit and the legacy of a Dennis Green or yeah. you know, so many others. Rest in, in past, peace, yeah. Jim Caldwell. Mm. Right now, out of all these candidates, you're seeing a lot of guys who don't look like Eric Bieniemy on the offensive side of the ball. This is a testament to that, yes, we want to see as many people of color, but also in the different positions and the different backgrounds. Yeah. An offensive mastermind, Eric Bieniemy played in the season, in the NFL for nine years. Yeah. Kyle said the sleeping with Bieniemy joke. You had a nickname from Chris Berman. Legendary. This good. Oh. Berman's best nickname of all time, I think. I Eric really do. Eric Bieniemy is a great, great Bengals running back. That was Jeff Blake throwing him the pitch. Played for other teams as well, and he has already interviewed for the Jets and the Buccaneers. Wow. Dolphins and Cardinals are next. You buying all that from Peter Schrager? I'm buying most of it. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of good things he got going for him. Um, he, def- he definitely mentioned the elephant in the room is that, yeah, uh, Eric Bieniemy is a brother. Uh, he's a black coach. Uh, I don't know about the African-American, Caucasian, all these other titles, but, no, he's a black coach. Uh, he has a great offensive mind. He did do, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think he did miracles with Adrian Peterson. Obviously, Adrian Peterson is a good back. Uh, but when he came here to Kansas City, um, he was given um, some, some – some running backs in the room that, that no one ever know about sometimes. And he was, uh, he took, he took a lead at developing the Jamal Charles, Spencer Wares, um, you know, taking hunt from where he was drafted and developing him to be a, a leading, uh, you know, leading rusher as far as um, in a year uh, for the NFL, uh, taking, taking running backs and creating an edge on their shoulder and, and having them run with the passion. Um, is not something that you, you look on every team in the NFL and not every team possesses that. Um, Coach Bieniemy has been able to, um, especially in that running back room, um, kind of you know take take lemons and make lemonade. Sometimes, uh, not that the guys are, are sour, they're not good players, but um, I don't think anybody would expect the type of production we've seen we've seen out of the running back position over the last couple of years here without Coach Bieniemy. He's been blessed with some good players too, even besides AP. Like he came in here and Kareem Hunt was here, um, Jamal Charles. Like to me. Uh, you you got to have good players. Uh, not to say that um, he's not a great coach, but he's also had some fantastic talent. These are the words from Jay Glazer of The Athletic. I love Eric Bieniemy. He really connects with players well, and he's learned under Andy Reid for a long time now. He's very creative, and he instantly energizes a room, and I don't think he would lose himself. That happens sometimes to guys when they get a head coaching job. They somehow lose themselves or lose the ability to pull the trigger on something or become someone they're not. He doesn't see that happening with Eric. You were in the training camp. A room, a coach's room, as an intern, a fellow this 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 past um, this past summer. What did you make of the enemy behind closed doors? What what did you see from him when he dealt with guys, you know, getting his hands on some of these players? I mean, I, I saw the same thing. In, any fan who came up to uh, training camp heard and felt Coach the enemy on a daily basis. Uh, he didn't mix words. I mean, he he let his emotions show. If a player, you know, backfield guy jumped, went the wrong way, wasn't prepared, getting into the huddle. Uh, he made it known early and often his expectation of guys being ready to go and uh, go at a high level uh, coming out of that backfield. Um, overall, when he took possession of the offense, um, that, that just got um, that got spread to the entire offense. That same emotion and passion he used to hold, um, that standard of perfection he held to his only his running back room, now got expanded to cover the entire offensive set. So uh, this was one of the most loud and rowdy 
uh, offensive sides of the ball as far as a coaching standpoint I've ever seen as far as a training camp. But I knew EB back from the barbershop. I mean, we both get our hair cuts over at Purple Label Barbershop. Um, I think Dewan cuts everybody's hair on the team. He's like the, the barber of the pros when it comes to Kansas City. Um, but even hearing the enemy's demeanor and speaking to individuals, young men in the barbershop, the way he carries himself, um, has always been one of an influencer. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't let the wind blow him. Uh, it doesn't shake his character or his demeanor or his integrity. Uh, he stands packed. He has a great foundation. And I think he, um, he expresses that to, to men and expect them to step up to, uh, to emulate uh, that, that same type of integrity. So uh, shout out to Coach Bienemy as far as his character and his demeanor. I just look at these teams that are interested in interviewing him. Here Again, he said no to the Arizona Cardinals, New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, Tampa Bay Bucks, and Cincinnati Bengals. Is there really a good fit among those teams? I don't think those are any good situations. Not to say there are there are a lot of situations out there where a team gets rid of their head coach and they're necessarily in a good place, but those seem especially bad, no? I mean, you, you look at the Jets and the Dolphins and both of those teams you gotta play the of course you gotta you know, you gotta go with New England, you gotta go you play play New England twice. Um so that's never a great situation to have to play Bill Belichick twice uh, every year. Then you talk about the buff, uh, the Bucks, and you got a, you know, you got got the Saints. You know, you got a, a high quality Saints team. You know, Carolina Panthers are kind of hit a hit a low. Falcons are hit a low. So I think you got a chance there to be, you know, you know, fighting for number one, number two every year. I, I would say that Cincinnati Bengals is a team. Um, you know, him being able to put an impact or imprint on Joe Mixon, mm-hmm. uh, Giovanni Bernard. Um, he's he's definitely gonna have to do something about the quarterback position, but. I think immediately um, he can he can get together with a defense coordinator, go there, change some things around. I think that team is built to uh, win a lot quicker than the other uh, three teams. I read an article today with, from Cincinnati.com, Paul Darty, and he was saying the Bengals are in such a need for a complete clean palette, a complete restart. I, I, I tend to think, okay, Bannemi's played there before for four years, you know, nine-year NFL career as a running back. That could be a fit because he's a known name. And they're a team that probably is going to be open to, all right, you make this your own. And I think, I think that's always nice as a head coach where instead sometimes these guys walk into a position where they, don't nece- they can't necessarily pick their own coaching staff, so on and so forth. If he does go, and I know this is the, the, the question that a lot of Chiefs fans have in their mind, is Mike Kafka ready to go and step in as offensive coordinator in your opinion? I think so. Mike has always been a, a headsy guy. Um, you, you, I mean, as a coach, you always are preparing yourself for the next the next step. No one is, um, no one's you know laying at bay and you know co- you don't coach with your hands in your pockets waiting for the next guy to do something. I mean, everybody is is coaching, um, waiting for that next uh, step up in their career. So I think Matt, Ka- Matt uh, Kafka has probably been uh, coaching with the anticipation of one day becoming a uh, OC offense coordinator and then one day becoming the head coach. I think if if you're not trying to you know push yourself and strive towards something greater, then uh, you become uh, a little bit stagnant, and so I don't. I don't think. I think if one thing Andy has always pro, uh, um, like pushed his his offensive coordinators and his coaches and his coaching staff is to continue to develop your skills, continue to push forward, and be uh, greater. You know, tomorrow than you was yesterday. I like Kafka here because the key to this whole Chiefs thing right now. Two words: name, if you want, if you will, Patrick Mahomes. He's been with Mahomes since he's been here. If Kafka becomes offensive coordinator and the Chiefs have another successful year next year, that's going to be a guy who could barely change the game because he's been side-by-side with Mahomes 
the entire time. And if Mahomes is playing well as another MVP caliber year next year, that's not a, a tandem you're necessarily going to want to break up. Again, that's distant in the future. We're talking about the enemy this year. Remains to be seen what happens as the Chiefs are in this playoff push. I saw a couple fans upset that uh, he's interviewing during the playoff push. Look, he has to look out for himself in his own career, too. So you hope that he maybe gets an opportunity here as well. I think the Chiefs have uh, the personnel to replace him if need be. When we come back, your chance to win 1000 on the 30. Stay with us. Pete Sweeney, Sean Barber, Arrowhead Pride Radio. Going to get to some of these injured Chiefs in a second, but before we do, it's your chance to win 1000 on the 30s in the National con- Cash Contest. Text the word GOLF to 72881. That's GOLF. G-O-L-F. GOLF, GOLF, GOLF. Want Chief stock and a chance to win a thousand on the 30s. Only one station in Kansas City gives you both. Weekdays from 7 to 7. Your next chance to win is tomorrow at 7.30 a.m. with Fesco in the morning. Sean, the Chiefs have the number one seed, and they also have a couple of key injured players, which makes that a very good thing. I'm talking about safety Eric Berry, who missed the final game of the season with his phantom heel. Sammy Watkins has been out for a little bit with the foot. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, who had the leg. The Chiefs could get all three back. Here was Andy Reid on whether those guys are making progress. Yeah, we'll have to see throughout the next week here um, uh, just exactly how that how that goes. I can't really tell you anything right now. I mean, these are the ones you mentioned are day-to-day situations. So yeah. let's just see how it, how it plays out and and how the guys how the guys do. I'm sure some of them will be through the through the following week too. So, uh, uh, as far as the game week goes, so we'll just have to see how see how it all goes. Andy, I love you, man. But when you say the words day to day, it's like twisting a knife into my gut. Just anything but day to day. Eric Berry, Sammy Watkins, LDT. Let's say, for the sake of argument, you can only get one back. Who are you taking? You know, the interesting thing about that question is it changes depending on what the matchup is. Um, if I'm going against the Colts and uh, Andrew Luck, I definitely want Eric Berry. I want Eric Berry to be back to help uh, kind of eliminate and try to deter Andrew Luck's uh, vision as far as spreading the ball over the field. If we're going against the Ravens, um, I kind of like uh, Sammy Watkins back, you know, against that number one defense, having Sammy Watkins as a, another offensive threat to, 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 to make Eric Weddle have to look both sides of the field and not just focus on the side that um, Cheetah's on. And then if, if it ends up being the Chargers, I actually like LTD. Uh, LDT is, is uh, you know, he brings a, a, a different pace of uh, athlete to the offensive line. And when you're going against uh, Bosa and Ingram, those guys that will be coming at you uh, full throttle every snap. It's, it's always good to have a, an extra lineman in, in, in your holster, in your lineup. So, um, depending on who we're playing against, uh, my, my 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 choice changes. You're the you're, you're the type of guy who must have cheated on the playground. You go into the playground, you got a game set up, you got a kickball game, you got some boost in your shoes or something. I mean, I ask you a question, you give me three answers. Hey man, say hey man. I break if it I down. had if I had to pick one, break I think down. right now, I'm okay with the offensive line. I think Laurent Duvernay Tardif would be an upgrade for sure. So I'm all right. Uh, the offensive line is good enough. Eric Berry, the first game he made a difference in his 30 snaps. The second game with the 69 snaps, it didn't feel as big. 
And I have all these film junkies, I'm talking about my guys included, Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad, telling me how important Sammy Watkins is. The offense hasn't felt the same since he left. I'll give you that. But also, in that same time span, you lost Kareem Hunt. So it's hard to really pinpoint anybody. But I'll buy. I would say if you had to have one back, I'll take Sammy Watkins back. So maybe I could finally see how this guy that you had to pay all this money this offseason, how much he matters on this team. I'll take Sammy back. Uh, Barbara, I had a question for you uh, aside from this. Did you have a chance to listen to Show and Vern earlier today? No. No Show, no Vern. Has, ever since we replaced them for over the holidays, that when, when we made the hashtag No Show, No Vern, you just haven't listened since. I haven't since. listened to it since. That makes sense. That makes sense. I can understand why. But I do want to play a cut for you about a plan they have for this postseason. I want us for the tournament. I said it's all Steve Wears. Us, Show and Vern. That is show, all I wear. Show and Vern listeners, the hell with the hockey beard. Let's just go straight mustaches for this Chiefs playoff run starting tomorrow. Let's come in straight stashes. Nothing wrapped around. No beard. What about a Fu Manchu? No Fu Manchu. Oh. Just 80s baseball players stash. But then I it wanna, still comes here like Dave Bergman. I want to look like Kevin Mitchell from the 80s. Just straight stash. They went on, uh, went on to call me and ask me if we would get Arrowhead Pride behind this. And I'm kind of up in the air. Do we want to push the hashtag show your stash movement for the playoffs? Are you are you into wearing a mustache? I'm fresh out at the barbershop today, so uh, <laughs> I'm game for anything for the next uh, month. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at what you have right now, right? Yeah, you, I, you, have a, you have the upper lip going, but you do also have a little, a little island down here, two islands underneath. Yeah. So you would you would say goodbye to the, those for the playoffs? Yeah, go straight stash, M- most definitely. You know, the problem with me is it took me forty three years to grow this little bit of island you call it at the bottom of my chin. Forty three? All, all forty three. I get I get it shaped up a little bit, but it don't grow much. Man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm. A, so you're telling me the next time you're gonna get those islands back is when you're what eighty six? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so it's a big big it, commitment it, for you. It's a it's a it's a large commitment and. Uh, I would I would say that we can we you know listen I'm ready to go I always go all in you know what I'm saying so if we're gonna do this then we need to we need to put some side wages with uh with Ron and Show uh I mean Ron the Show and Vern about like maybe the loser you know we we, we start picking playoff games and whoever the loser is gotta like gotta gotta like wax their uh beard or something like that you know live uh- on Facebook Live or something like that. Vern seemed a little bit apprehensive with with the mustache. He didn't, he, but show as as you could imagine was all in. Well, at the end of the day, I'm a married man. My wife, she stuck with me. Y'all, y'all still trying to either get married, still dating, all that. I mean, Ron and Show, I think he's he settled down too. So, you know, let's settle down, guys. Man, we ain't got nothing to lose. You know, with the stash, without the stash, my wife, she's still gonna love me. My, I asked my girlfriend if it was okay if I participated in, in the hashtag uh, show your stash. She said that. It's YOLO, which the kids say sometimes nowadays. You can only live once and then to rock on. So I think I'm good to go, too. I think tomorrow, 1030 a.m., when we appear on Show and Vern, maybe we'll go ahead and shave it. That was pretty jazzy about your missus. That's YOLO. <laughs> Careful. I had no idea what that meant. I was, I was like, like a roller. I'm helping you out here, man. It's a YOLO. I'm, I'm helping you out here, man. Um, so, yes, we will be on Show and Vern tomorrow. And so... I guess at 10.30, we're going to tell these guys we're down to do it, and we'll help push the movement on Twitter and Facebook and, I guess, what, our, our website, right? Yeah, do I need to bring in the, uh, what's that little, uh, the three-bladed? This is going to be a lot for me. I mean, you kind of already have a mustache. Uh, this is a this is a big change for me. The Norelco? Do I need to bring in my, the, 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 the Norelco? 
into the into the into the studio. I would tomorrow? say bring any kind of tool that you have to get this done that you can. Sweet. It, you were mentioning you wanted a Keurig before. Hell yeah! Oh, I'm definitely getting the Keurig in the in the studio. To everybody, all you all you DJs here, the listeners, and people on the co-hosts, there will be a Keurig in this studio uh, within very 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 soon. Someone who I also question uh, at how much uh, mustache hair he, he can potentially grow is the Arrowhead Pride lead film and draft analyst Ken Swanson. Ken, I'm not sure if you just heard what we were talking about. Are you into, for the NFL playoffs, going with the hashtag show your stash movement? I am speaking about it, Peter. Now, <laughs> I, I really can't grow great facial hair. So if I get rid of all the stuff on my chin and all that, like it's going to look terrible. Like I, I don't really think my facial hair looks good as it does. But if I go just stash, I am, I'm, I might get fired from my day job. <laughs> isn't is isn't a, isn't a championship worth it? I mean, I probably actually, <laughs> you know, I would have some free time to go to the parade. Wouldn't have to you know, have anything to worry about for the parade and all that. So I guess that's not a terrible idea. Part of the thought process was, you know, the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium in the playoffs haven't been great, but they've never lost a home playoff game where everyone in the building had a mustache. I love it. I, I, I You know what? Uh, encourage your ladies. You know, <laughs> don't, don't wax that upper lip. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe put some Rogaine on your face, try to support the movement. I, I could see it. Besides just the mustaches, uh, Kent, a big part of this movement, of course, is the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. You watch more Patrick Mahomes film out of Arrowhead Stadium, I, I say, than, than anyone in the city. You reviewed his Week 17 a game. You've been reviewing him all year. I know you feel passionately about this. Who's the MVP of the National Football League? Drew Brees. No. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Patrick Mahomes is not even close. I think this whole thing is just absurd that we're trying to make this a thing, trying to add some drama to it. We got people out here saying, you know, QB wins and all this stuff. Oh, completion percentage of seventy-four percent or whatever. Look how look at the look at the targets. Look at the look at the throws that Patrick Mahomes is making. He's not dumping it in the flat all game. He's not, you know, he doesn't have you know a guy like Alvin Kamara uh, to lean on in the passing game where you just throw these little angle routes, these little flat routes, these little swing routes, and let him go do his thing. Patrick Mahomes has thirty-two touchdowns of ten yards or more. On the season, Drew Brees has 32 total. I, just shut it down. It's over. Patrick Mahomes is your MVP. Don't come at me with anything. We will go full full UCF declaring Patrick Mahomes the MVP if he does not win. I, I want to get into a little bit more of this Raiders game because uh, I, I was thinking since the last Raiders game, the offense, and I think you'd agree, has just seemed a little bit out of sync. Did you see signs in this last game, both with Mahomes and really the offense as a whole, that they were getting back to what made them so successful toward the beginning of this season? Honestly, Pete, not, not too many. Uh, I think, you know, there's some positive indicators with some of the explosive plays. I think, you know, that's good. But overall, I still think that they're, they're still a little bit off and there's still some struggles. You talk about, you know, you look at um, – you look at the second touchdown, the touchdown that got 50 yards, uh, or that, that, that got 50 for, for Mahomes, uh, first and second down were fruitless. And they were sitting on a third and 10, and they had to, you know, they, they created an explosive play out of structure uh, to make it work. The thing that's kind, of, that, that's kind of happening right now, though, is, yeah, they're not, they're not the same kind of unit. Sammy Watkins not being there is, 
is clearly an issue. Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif would help. But um, Pat Mahomes is still delivering and still, um, you know, rising to the occasion on, on big third downs. That's part of the reason that they've still put some, you know, a good amount of points on the board consistently. So, um, you know, they, they need to clean some stuff up. Hopefully they get healthy. And if that's the case, you might see them kind of return to some of the stuff you saw in the first half of the season. Now, I want to get to this weekend. I know the Chiefs aren't playing. But when it comes to matchups of these three potential teams, who do you like the most? You know, um, I think it's the Colts. I, I would rather the Chiefs play the Colts, if, if, that's, if that's what we're kind of rooting for. Um, Andrew looks phenomenal. That offense has done some really good things. I don't think that defensive unit can, can hold up uh, for the Colts in a shootout. They don't really have a ton of talent. They've played above their heads all season. Um, I think the Chiefs, you know, and, and honestly, I don't think the Colts are, are too strong on the interior line right now because Ryan Kelly's out. Obviously, Quentin Nelson's been phenomenal, but, you know, I think they've lost, they've, they've kind of, you know, missed their, their starting center recently, too. So you know, that's a team, I, you know, I think that's the team I'd rather play, the, the least talented team left in the dance, and, and give, me my, give me my chances there. It would be on, a, I believe it would be, uh, I guess they play on Saturday, so they would have a full week. So. But that's, that's the team I'm really looking at right now. That is the voice of the Arrowhead Pride lead film and draft analyst Ken Swanson. You catch his fabulous work, mainly Mahomes-specific work at ArrowheadPride.com. Kent, thanks for joining us. Kent is also the leader of the Arrowhead Pride nerd squad, uh, along with uh, Matt Lane, who usually comes on 730 with Bink at Night. On Tuesdays, Craig Stout, defensive film analyst, 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. Kent Slot, usually Bink at Night, 6.30 on Thursdays. But Arrowhead Pride Radio taking over Bink at Night tonight, leading up to the Bruce Weber Show, coming up promptly at 7. But before we do that, we'll read your tweets. Get at us at Arrowhead Pride, twitter.com slash Arrowhead Pride. That's next. Arrowhead Pride Radio, editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, shutting it down with the player Sean Barber. This from the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line. I'm just imagining another Chiefs playoff letdown and a bunch of angry-ass fans with mustaches in the crowd. <laughs> Scary sight. That's a good one. I, I kind of feel like you're second-guessing this mustache thing now. I feel I, like... I, I almost got talked out of it in the break. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about it, sleep on it, you know, and see what happens tomorrow. But before we do all that, we go from text to tweets. See what you guys are talking about on the Twitch feed. Jansen Leach, who do the Chiefs want to see in the playoffs? Sean said the Chargers. I see the Colts. It seems like there's disagreement among the masses. It's, it's tough. It's pick your poison. These teams are all pretty similar, I find. I find all the teams in the AFC are similar. I, I think you just wait to see who you got and you play. Chiefs are the one. Everybody else is one A's. Whoever steps up, come to Arrowhead, going to get your butt whipped. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool with anybody right now. So Mason Casey Moe, do you think that the Chiefs defense steps it up for the playoffs? Of course, they've 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 shown the ability to put some other guys in there and get things going. Uh, the pass rush is at an all time high. Um, sacks, turnovers—that's how you, you you play late in the season. So we 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 plan to win. I don't know what tells you that. I think you, at this point you just hope that it's passable and that Pat is Pat and the offense kind of gets back to what where it was earlier in the season. If you get some of these guys back and you, and you win games like you did in the forties, and you hope that the Chiefs defense keeps it under thirty five. Uh, did the uh, the, the KC Wolf? Did the defense have more communication this game than any game this year? The defense looked fantastic against Oakland. I will say that. 
Yeah, I mean, Oakland came in a little undermanned, a little unmotivated, uh, but they did their thing. What you do, you do with a losing team, you keep them losing. Um, losers, they think about winning, and winners think about winning. Kevin says, when the Chiefs have lost the past few years, there's always the play that sticks with, sticks with you, the luck fumble touchdown, the Mario, Mario to touchdown to himself. If the Chiefs lose again, what will be the one play everybody remembers? I can't. I don't think you can think like that if you're a fan of this. Does he not understand what a positive, a growth mindset is? You don't think about the negative, the woulda, coulda, shoulda. You, you, you think about what you want to happen. So we're going to go ahead and skip that one. Angry old fetus. What, a, what an username. What is the best reason for Mahomes being the MVP? Definitely not an angry old fetus. I think it's 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. I think you point to the stats and say, tell me why not. Right? Not, but not only the stats. I mean, just I mean, some of the throws he's made, the no-look, the left-handed throw, uh, his escapability as far as um, eluding some of the sacks and making those long throws down the field, especially for the 50th one. To, to, the way he ended it off on the 50th touchdown was just amazing. J-Tip, after witnessing in person all three previous Colts playoff losses, the no-punt game, so on and so forth, he wants the Colts as the first game. He's way, They're way overdue, he says. And I agree. I think if you are a Chiefs fan, you say, bring on these Colts. Let's get over that hump. Hey, we, all, we all got our wants and wishes. He wants the Colts. I'll take the Chargers. Um, I think the Colts, you know, they have a 50-50 chance of going to Texans and, and beating them. Um, but I definitely think the Chargers might take care of the Ravens. Here, you'll like this from Chiba. Why is everyone so scared of facing the Chargers? Nine turnovers since week 15. They have given up the league's third most QB pressures in that time. There is no surprises they can pull. And Casey has beaten them nine out of the last ten times, most of those without Barry Houston and Ford. Text line, have you been listening to me? I'm warning. I've been begging for the Chargers since we lost to them whatever week that was. Like, we, we've had uh, Philip Rivers' number ever since he became Philip Rivers, and we are the Chiefs. KY, next year, let's get a defense on the team, too. Hashtag Chiefs. Some shade, a little bit of shade at Veach right there. But, again, you got to also remember, I think I think the plan was just for, was for two years. I don't think they thought they'd be at, at the position they are, but they that's where they are at this point, so you got to see what happens. Uh, Kyle, what's the most effective way to utilize a backfield with both Ware and Williams? Uh, I think right now, you know, until Ware gets 100%, Williams is the guy. I mean, he showed he can carry the load. Um, he's he's going to protect the ball, carry the load. He's an exciting running back, got great hands. Um, he's going to, you know, he's going to do, do his thing. You'll like this, Sean. Sarah says, hashtag MVPAT. I know you're a fan of the hashtag. <laughs> Matthew, Chris, we weren't expected to be where we are this year, but yet we are. Other AFC teams can't be too excited knowing that our offense will be, for the most part, stay the same as far as personnel goes, and our defense can't exactly get worse. Speak for yourself. I expected us to be here right here, right now. I've said the Chiefs are the number one team in AFC all year long, never Never shuddered, never quaked, never blinked. You don't. When you see greatness, you don't blink. You know what? You, you know what Pat Mahomes can do. You know what the defense can do. You don't blink. You know that when the season was over, with, we was gonna be number one, having to buy, just waiting for somebody to come to Arrowhead. I know what the kingdom can do. I know Sea of Red. I just, I just can't wait for it to happen. HK having a hard time thinking the ending will be different this time. It will though, right? Listen, I don't know how this is gonna end, but wipe those tears away. You ever watch Men in Black? They got the little button. Push that button. You've never had Patrick Mahomes before. That is the grand difference maker in my mind. Yeah, look into the blue light until it flashes. Jim Cantrell, is the defense of late that bad, or has it really been an experiment of late in order to assure it's best for the playoffs? Whatever tweet says defense, just go to the next one. Because <laughs> obviously they're, they're trying to dig up something. Whoever, If you think something is wrong with the defense, go up into your closet, look for some skeletons, pull out a bone, 
clean your own backyard out, and then start worrying about the Chiefs' backyard. The Chiefs oh, organization and Chiefs team is a number one team. It's not the number one offense and some other number. The team is number one right now in the AFC as a team. Let's get that straight. Which AFC playoff team, this is from Jared, which AFC playoff team is most daunting for the Chiefs to play in the divisional round based on style of play schemes and matchups? So you said you wanted the Chargers. Who do you not want to see? Um, it's not that I don't want, but my least favorite matchup would be definitely the Baltimore Ravens. I think we've seen what a run team, a run quarterback, a refuse to pass type offense does. It, it eliminates our pass rush. Uh, we have great pass rushers on defense, and that's what we do. We want to turn the ball over. We want to sack. Uh, sack the quarterback and, and create a turn, you know, turn the field. So the Ravens do what we don't want be happening. They keep the ball away from Pat. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. I think you got to have Pat on the field. The Ravens know how to keep him off. Last tweet, Jeff Fever says, in a playoff game, how large of a lead do the Chiefs need to have to feel 100% safe? He says 42 it has to be second half thoughts. <laughs> what is, you know what? No comment. Wow. But I'm going to comment. Uh-oh. One point. That's all we need. We wow. need to win by one point to move on. It only takes one point. You win by one, you move on. Create your tomorrow. The Chiefs team, the Chiefs organization, fans, go out here and create your next game. Those are your tweets for this week. If you want to ever get at us, it's twitter.com slash arrowheadpride. That's it, Sean. Man, I'm sad. I hear those, you know, I hear the drums, I get excited, but then I hear the drums again and I get a little sad. That's Sean Barber. Thank you to Julio. Thank you for, to Kent. Thank you for listening. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio. My name is Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Sean and I will be back on Show and Burn, 1030 a.m. tomorrow. Until then, it's the Bruce Weber Show. Stay with us. This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on arrowheadpride.com and 610sports.com. Hi, I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Kerryu who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.